welcome to the Smoking PTSD Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Diver. I am a survivor of suicide, a survivor of childhood emotional and physical abuse, as well as a veteran of the U.S. Navy and a retired first responder. I started this podcast to help me on my journey to wellness by sharing my story, my thoughts, and my experiences in a hope that my story will reach and help others and let them know that it's okay to not be okay. With that being said, I'm not a licensed mental or behavioral health professional. I'm just a guy who's been through some stuff and has experienced a trauma survival. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, medical treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding any mental health symptoms, and never disregard professional help or delay in seeking professional advice or treatment because of something you have heard on this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode as your comments can only serve to improve the content. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. Hope everyone survived the holidays with family and friends, and if you live somewhere like I do where fireworks are prevalent and available on every street corner during the holidays, uh, we had a lot of fireworks out here, so hopefully everyone survived those as well. So I've been in a funk for a few days, and I need to share it in order to move beyond it. And I recently talked to a friend of mine about this, and I felt better, and then I didn't. And I feel that maybe the best way for me to move past it is to talk about it here with you. So I've recently been betrayed by someone that I had befriended and had become intimate with. And she is a coworker, and I know the old don't shit where you eat adage, yet the truth remains that she is a coworker. So we came, became close over text, you know, slowly just, you know, chatting about our lives and her pending divorce. And it grew, believe it or not, because I had mentioned during a team training uh, for work that I took Effexor which is an antidepressant and one of the medications that we carry that we give to patients is an antiemetic that has a long list of negative interactions with a lot of different antipsychotic and antidepressant medications. And I had mentioned that I take Effexor and I've had this antiemetic anti-nausea medication before and I've never had any issues. So I just led a brief discussion about caution with side effects of medications and and such. Uh, But she had texted me later in the day that she too took Effexor and was having a lot of trouble with it. And one of the reasons that she was having a lot of trouble with it was because she was taking a very high dose. Uh, My dose is 75 milligrams and she was taking two 75 milligram tablets, so 150 150 milligrams a day. Uh, That's a lot. Um, So she was having some issues with that. There's there's a lot of side effects and issues that come along uh, when taking antidepressants. But uh, at such a high dose, she was really having a hard time. So we we talked about that, and we and we were texting back and forth about that, and and her, like I said, her uh, pending divorce and issues with the ex-husband and the lawyers and the kids and, you know, just, just general chatting and me being a nice person and a nice guy and just, you know, caring about her well-being. It kind of 
blossomed into something a little bit more. Uh, and I invited her over to the house on Christmas Day because we were both alone. And I'll let your uh, imaginations conclude the remainder of the night. Suffice it to say, I thought we had fun and we would continue to do so moving forward. But over the course of the next week to 10 days that it's been, I guess, yeah, it's been close to 10, 10 or so days, uh, she has, as, as the kids say today, ghosted me. And I'm not saying that this, I'm not depressed because this is, you know, my first one night stand and I thought she meant something to me. It's, it's not about that. I've had those before. Um, my issue comes in that with those girls that I had one night stands with, they didn't know me. They knew me enough to say, hey, this is somebody I want to sleep with. I'm going to go back to your place or you're going to come back to mine. We're going to have sex and then we're going to go on our separate ways and that's that. They didn't take the time to get to know the real me and explore the inner me, and I didn't take the time to get to know them. But this was a different situation. Uh, I feel that I know her very well. I know her situation very well. She knows me and my situation very well. Um, And this led me to think that she actually cared about the real me, and perhaps this could lead to something a little bit more substantive. But the harsh realization that I'm coming to is that I, the relationship, whatever happens with the relationship, it is what it is. If it was just a one-night thing, that's fine. Explain that. Explain yourself. Say that to me. And I have no problems with that. But the fact that she's completely ghosted me and is not responding to any text messages at all, it's hurtful. And I have to work with her. And the way that my mind operates with my PTSD or CPSD, whichever one that I have, uh, to me, they're the same thing. Um, There may be some subtle differences with the complexities, but to me, it's the same. My mind does just doesn't permit me to let it go. And the, the good friend of mine who I confided this in yesterday suggested that I act as if nothing happened when I'm around her. And that is easier said than done, in my opinion. I'm not I'm not one to just simply let that kind of slight go as regular listeners to this podcast will understand. I I just don't have the willpower to just let that go. So I needed to do something that can enable me to just let that go and talking about it on this podcast is that avenue that I've decided to take. So this morning when I woke up I began to read about the shame and vulnerability that I'm feeling and the why that is behind it. And what I've learned is that I'm experiencing betrayal trauma. And I've done a lot of research for this podcast and just in general, um, learning about behavioral health and mental health disorders and stuff. And I had not come across the term behavioral trauma before. I'm sorry, betrayal trauma before. Um, what's interesting to me is the different types of trauma there are and, you know, how each affects us differently. And with this, I don't feel the fight or flight response. What I feel is merely an anger and a humiliation at opening up to someone. And we talked a lot about, you know, things I've talked about on this podcast. I just... 
and I know it's it's kind of strange that I I will talk to a podcast that can reach. I mean, hypothetically, it, it could technically reach millions, but it doesn't. But I do have a few dedicated followers who listen to this, and they know about my story. But I don't open up to people that are right in front of me very often, and I know that's that's a strange dichotomy there. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, I, I don't open up to people in front of me very often, but I will express anything into this microphone with the hopes that it reaches somebody and helps them. And I guess that's the difference is I'm hoping that I'm, I help somebody out there. And it's also cathartic for me, but I'm very guarded when it comes to people in front of me. So opening up to her and talking about things that happened in my life, talking about how my dad died, that's just not something I share with, with everyday people. And I think that that has a lot to do with the anger and the humiliation I feel uh, at opening up to her. And then she turns around and discards me like just something that was stuck in her teeth. So that betrayal that comes from my having shown vulnerability in the first place. And I guess that's what I'm feeling as well as the, the vulnerability and the shame of having trusted her and opened up to her and then this happens where she won't even respond to a text message from me. Saw her yesterday at work and she was acting strangely, but you know, the, the vulnerability in the face of someone who showed an interest in me in my life and my behavioral health is, is really what it's, what's bothering me. And I know I've, I've said it a few times now, but that's, that's the crux of the issue here. But when I saw her yesterday, I felt as if I were walking on eggshells. Um, and it was this is my place of employment as well. And, you know, I wanted to turn and say to her, you know, hey, what the fuck with you ghosting me? But it wasn't the time or place for such a conversation. So after we were done work and I had left about a half hour or so later when I knew she wasn't at the office anymore, I texted her and that text has yet to be returned. So I, I've been flatly ignored by her. So this morning I made a decision to read about what's happening to me and, and what the feelings in my head are and to share it with my audience for hope that it helps me to shed the cloak of disappointment. So in the research that I did, I found an article on the Center for Relational Recoveries website, which that's the first time I'd ever been to that website. That was, that was an interesting read, some of the stuff that they have. But it states, the article states, when betrayal occurs, your brain begins to operate in a different way. The fear center fires up and stays fired up, creating hypervigilance, restlessness, anxiety, and a sense of being perpetually on guard. And that's that's how I've been feeling the past three or four days, um, unable to shut my brain off, unable to think about anything other than what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? And then the shame of opening myself up to her, um, showing her my vulnerable sides, Um and just basically being intimate with her. So perpetually being on guard, this alters your ability to regulate your mood, to calm yourself, to think, to reason, and to make intelligent decisions. Your fear center hijacks your normal functioning, and you find yourself in a world where every task feels challenging, your mind will not stop racing, your emotions feel out of control, 
and your coping skills are stretched to the limit. And this is what uh, this article defines defines this as the experience of complex, dynamic, multidimensional betrayal trauma. And I really uh, connected with that, with not being able to turn my mind off and my mind racing and stuff, where I woke up at one o'clock this morning to go to the bathroom and couldn't fall back to sleep for quite a while due to my mind racing. And that was my first thought was, hey, let's check our phone to see if she texted you back and maybe there's an explanation and just, you know, 90 different things racing through my head. And I, I could not turn my head off and I just laid there awake at, you know, one o'clock. I don't know what time it was that I fell back to sleep, but my dog woke me up at four because uh, he had to go to the bathroom. So I, I did get some sleep in between there. I just don't know how how much sleep I got, but I'm really in the betrayal trauma funk and reading about it and speaking about it have helped me to clear my mind and accept what it is. Apparently what I am feeling and experiencing is emotional dysregulation where my cerebral cortex and my amygdala are pouring over with neurotransmitters and other stimuli to keep me in a high mental state of arousal, a state of mental arousal, I should say, and preventing cognitive thought and thereby sleep. And I'm recording this now in the the mid-afternoon, and I wrote this uh, early this morning. I wrote these notes on my computer, so that's what I—that's what I'm referencing. And I did notice I went to the uh, one of the salons up by me to get um, a pedicure, and I was feeling a lot better sitting in in the chair. I wasn't feeling as depressed. I wasn't feeling as as though I was still in that that funk state. I, I feel that my sense of Betrayal feels a little bit differently now that I've been able to verbalize it and and I don't feel as being perpetually on guard any longer. So another article that I found was on the, uh, the verywellmind.com's website, which states, what makes betrayal trauma so painful is that the person who is betrayed often cannot simply sever their relationship with the perpetrator. And that's that one really stuck with me because like I said, I, I work with her. And I think that's why I've been so down is because that when I see her, I feel shame in the fact that I opened up to her and let her in only to have that door slammed in my face, but I can't just quit my job. And that is, that's not as, that that's easier said than done. So, I mean, my past traumas are why I'm feeling such shame and vulnerability with this most recent betrayal, yet having the resources to learn about it and understand the why has helped me to acknowledge that it's not me, it's her. And I was thinking about this this morning, uh, to quote Thin Lizzy, if that chick don't want to know, forget her. And that's basically what my friend Susie had said to me. Uh, but again, easier said than done. But I, I do feel better about the whole situation you know, but perhaps easier said or sung than done, yet that's not what I need to do to move on. I can't, like I said before, I just can't simply quit my job. It's not that easy. And acting as if nothing happened is I'm just not very good at that. So I have to try and find some type of a happy medium. And on the verywellmind.com site, uh, in this article, uh, Dr. Romanoff suggests some steps uh, that can help us cope uh, if we've ever experienced betrayal trauma. And the first one is to acknowledge the betrayal, which I believe I did that this morning. That was that was the first step that I took was to acknowledge 
you know, just I came down to my office down the hall and I just sat here and, and listened to myself thinking I didn't have any other background noise or anything going on. And just what am I feeling? And I wrote down what I was feeling. I'm feeling shame and I'm feeling disappointment and I'm feeling humiliation. Why am I feeling that? What was the catalyst for that? And that and that's how this journey today started and how the results of this episode uh, came to be. But acknowledging the betrayal is the first step. You have to acknowledge how you were betrayed and hurt. Be honest with yourself and consider the impact of the betrayal on the relationship and your life. So what impact did this have on my relationship with her? Uh, clearly, it severed it. And what impact did it have on my life? It, it caused me to fall into a little bit of a depression, which I don't do well with. Uh, and I have to, once I fall down into that hole or into that well, I guess, it's, it's hard for me to get out of it. Uh, write your feelings in a journal. Um, I don't really do a lot of journaling. I know a lot of people find it very helpful. I don't journal. There's a few reasons for it. I don't feel safe journaling in the house. Um, so, but you may find relief through writing down your feelings. But I did that on on these notes here that I have on my computer that I'm reading from. Um, but journaling can help you identify the emotions you're experiencing and create space to reflect on them instead of suppressing or avoiding them. And the next one is to process your emotions. Confronting the trauma you experienced in the past can bring up a lot of emotions, including grief, fear, anger, regret, loss, and anxiety. It's important to process these emotions so that you can start healing. And that's you know, what doing this podcast has done for me is to, it's to help me process these emotions. Uh, seek support or treatment. It is also helpful to seek support by talking to a friend or a therapist. People who have experienced betrayal trauma often feel like they can only rely on themselves and tend to isolate themselves when they are betrayed. Instead, it's important to do the opposite and reach out for support or treatment. Set boundaries, and this is something I clearly need to do and do better. Uh, if the person who betrayed you is still in your life in some capacity, Set firm boundaries in your relationship with them to protect your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. Um, she will be forever kept at arm's length with me. Uh, I won't be rude. I won't be ignorant towards her. Um, but I will definitely keep her at arm's length. And then to also, the last thing here is to recognize patterns. Um, if you have experienced betrayal trauma in the past, it's important to recognize whether it's affecting your relationships in the present Understand that you deserve to have relationships that are mutually supportive and beneficial. And I will definitely be working on my boundary setting uh, in the future. So a quick little, quick little episode uh, today, but that's just, I felt that this was the best avenue for me to try and continue on my path of, of well-being and feeling good about myself was to vent a little bit and venting to my friend last night helped and venting in this forum here uh, certainly has helped me even just like I said before just writing this writing everything down has certainly had certainly helped me I did I did feel a lot better as as the day went on so yeah so that's that um, happy new year thank you to all of the dedicated listeners that I have uh, hope everyone had a good holiday and we will we will talk with you soon. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. Please rate, subscribe, and review as your comments can only serve to improve this podcast. 
If you or someone you know are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. Veterans can also call 988 and press 1 or text 838255. You can reach me on Twitter at PTSD, on Instagram at smokin underscore PTSD, or email me at thesmokinptsdpodcast at gmail.com. And please remember, everyone you meet is struggling with something you know nothing about, so please, let's be kind to one another.